Welcome back. It's We Back Wednesday, and we are back, in fact, here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, Maurice Patton, and we are coming to you live from the Lee Company studio. Glad to have you guys with us along for the ride. We've got a great show, jam-packed full of stuff, full of great guests, full of great information, so make sure to stick here with us throughout the next couple of hours. We've got a lot to get to. Chetty Cahill is going to join us from Baseball America to talk a little bit about the Pac-2 baseball situation that we've discussed a little bit over the last week or so as Oregon State and Washington State, uh, I guess, uh, debate their baseball and softball futures. Consider their options. They, they will consider their options indeed. So he's going to join us, Terry McCormick, Chip Walters, because it's – Wednesday, but, you know, sometimes it's not Tuesday when Chip joins us. But, yeah. I mean, if we're not on, it's tough for him to join us. Exactly. So, hope you guys had a fantastic holiday weekend, Mo. And and if you watched our Best Of show yesterday, thanks. We appreciate it. Yeah, a lot of you did. More than 1,500 of you. So, it's we appreciate that very, very much. Oh, absolutely. And... We, we know that you have options during the 2 o'clock hour, and yesterday some of those options were nothing. Yeah. yeah. But sought us out, found us, watched us, and again, thanks. Yeah, we absolutely appreciate it and looking forward to another short week this week and, and next week. So lots of exciting stuff happening, though, around the world of sports during this time. So plenty to talk about now. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's never, or there's rarely a dearth of things to talk about and certainly not this time of year. So we're going to talk about it. We are in fact. So let's get into it. We've got uh, results from the weekend and some from today, as well as the rest of today's schedule. All of that coming to you on the rundown. This is The Rundown. This Wednesday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Girls basketball action from the weekend. Deschler of Alabama down Wayne County, 57-55. It was Watertown, 56-16. Winners over Lead Academy. Liberty Creek down Joe Burns, 60-49. It was Clarksville, 62. White House Heritage, 42. Wilson Central, hmm, so unfortunate. 61-36 winners over the Canadians from Ross Shepard. Centennial downs Giles County 50-42. Giles County bounced back, however, with a 28-25 win over Cullioca. That's awfully low scoring there. Marshall County down Centennial 46-39. Rossview fell to Pearl Cone 51-44. Cheatham County down Portland 58-30. Davidson Academy at 52-39. Winner over Lawson. Collinwood down Central of Florence, Alabama 61-65. I'm sorry, 61-55. Ravenwood 60, John Overton 46, Beach Downs Greenwood of Bowling Green, Kentucky 70 to 57. It was Warren County 74, Mount Juliet 61, Brentwood Academy 57, 47 winners over Metcalf County, Kentucky. Lipscomb Academy edged Ezo Harding 53, 51, and Columbia Central won that 
uh, more than basketball tournament, 40 to 35 with a win over Good Pasture. It was Nashville Christian 45, Green Hill 44. In boys basketball over the last few days, Olive Branch of Mississippi defeated Rossview 82-53. Sparkman out of Huntsville defeated Knowledge Academies 81-41. It was Brentwood Academy with a 60-33 win over Mervyn. Nashville Christian 48, Watertown 44, Westmoreland down Muhlenberg County, Kentucky 51-43. Franklin Simpson out of Kentucky defeated White House Heritage 59-56. Christ Presbyterian with a 90 to 61 win over Whitwell. Cookville defeated Battleground Academy 69-67. It was East Nashville 70, Howard 36. Pickett County with a 70 to 64 win over Stewart's Creek. Boaz of Alabama defeated Smyrna 55-49. White's Creek defeated Southwind 42-37. It was Webster County of Kentucky 46, Wilson Central 45. East Robertson 65, Sycamore reverse at 56. Liberty Creek 60 to 49 over Joe Burns. Lawrence County downed visiting Columbia Central 60 to 54 on Friday night. It was Siegel 80, Marshall County 52. Tullahoma with a 65-56 win over Glencliff. Forest defeated Maplewood 54-49. Station Camp defeated Day Spring Academy 80 to 24. It was White House 63, Hume Falk 62. Fairview with a 52-42 win over Lawson. Loretta defeated DeKalb County 64-45. Mount Pleasant down Franklin Classical 68-52. Summertown defeated Franklin Christian 78-64. It was Cane Ridge 65, Martin Luther King 32. Brentwood with a... Sorry. Screen jumped on me. Brentwood with a 48-44 win over Beach. Montgomery Central defeated Waverly 57-54. It was Columbia Academy 69, Douglas County of Georgia 54. First Christian of Franklin defeated the Alabama School of Cybertech, Math and Sciences, Home Improvement, who knows, 44-32. Um, Ravenwood 56. Coached Lipton, by Al Borland. There we go. <laughs> Over the fence. Um, Ravenwood 56, Lipscomb Academy 43. It was Clarksville Academy 57. University School of Nashville, 40. In men's basketball college action, Southern Utah, uh, MTSU with a come from a head loss to Southern Utah, 69-63. Austin P down to Ohio, 71-67. And Vanderbilt with a come from a head loss at Memphis, had it had it won. Had zero reason to lose this game. Memphis and yeah. edges them out. 77-75 NHL action. Talk about coming from behind losses or coming from ahead of wins. Whatever. Opposite. You know what I meant. Dallas scores twice in the last 13 seconds to defeat the Predators three to two. That was good. No basketball today. We got some results. We got some schedules. I, I got NBA action. Oh, my bad. I'm, <laughs> you stopped. I did, but, I, you know. The good Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh away in the NHL. You win one like against Colorado like that. You lose one against Dallas like that. The, the water will find its level, will it not? There you go. Well, it's found its level in Memphis with Ja Morant. Grizzlies undefeated with 12 in the lineup. 125-119 winners over Atlanta. 116-115 winners over New Orleans. And in the NFL, the Seahawks down the Titans 20-17. Go ahead. <laughs> Girls basketball today um, results. Lawrence County defeated Ida. Ida? That's correct. That's not Ida. It's no. Ida. <laughs> 
Yes. Like Otter B. Wells. Otter of Alabama, 42-35. Richland with a 50-32 win over Hickman County. Westmoreland defeated Russellville, Kentucky, 66-21. Franklin Road Academy with a 40-28 win over O'Galley of Florida. Oh, O'Galley. 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 Santa Fe 50, Mount Pleasant 22. At 3 o'clock, Macon County plays Centennial. Also at 3 o'clock, Laverne plays Columbia. Uh, I'm sorry. Laverne plays Columbia Academy at 3 o'clock. That game is in Richmond. Macon County Centennial, no idea. Ezell Harding plays Spruce Creek of Florida at 3.35 and not a minute later. <laughs> or early. <laughs> at 4 o'clock up at Independence, Fairview plays Harpeth Hall. Also at 4 o'clock, Murfreesboro Central plays Montgomery County of Kentucky. At 6 o'clock, Wilson, Wilson Central plays Clay County. At 7 o'clock at Independence, Fayetteville plays Independence, the host Lady uh, Eagles. In between at 5.30, by the way, at Independence, it's Brentwood Academy and Cook. At uh, 7.50 hour time, I guess that's 8.50 in Tampa, Columbia Central's girls take on Booker of Florida. What else we got? Boys, okay. today, already Hickman County wins over Zion Christian 75-44, Marshall County 78-69 over Antioch. Lawrence County down Pensacola Catholic of Florida, 64-55. Currently underway, Ravenwood and Santa Fe down in Richland. Trinity Christian, Murfreesboro Central at 2.30. Mortimer Jordan of Alabama, home of Devlin Duck Rogers, taking on Nolansville at 3 o'clock. John Overton and Melrose at 2.30. Uh, Independence in South Shore, New York. And you said that one was in? The Arby's Classic in Science, at Science Hill. At Science Hill, okay. Yeah, in Johnson City. That's at 3.30 Central, most likely 4.30 Eastern. Huntland and Lawson at 4.30. Silicaga of Alabama and Station Camp at 4.30. That's at Richland as well. Okay. Didn't, that's interesting. It is. Clarksville at Father Ryan at 5.30. Knowledge Academy is in Union City at 5.30. At 6.45, it's Middle Tennessee Christian in Jonesboro, Arkansas. At 7, Jackson Prep of Mississippi at Christ Presbyterian, as well as Rock Castle County, Kentucky, and Ezell Harding at 7. Allen County, Kentucky, and Clarksville Northwest at 7.30, as well as Mount Juliet, Macon County, Springfield at Richland, Watertown hosting Clark Range, and Franklin takes on Whitewater, Georgia, Martin Luther King in Lebanon, sometime, somewhere, don't know. Carolina is in Bridgestone tonight at 7 o'clock on Valley Sports South to take on the Predators, and that, folks, is your room. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly in Neely Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Hope you guys will go by there and get your fresh hand-cut meats, your daily lunch specials, all of the things. Plenty of great stuff going on over there. Uh, again, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. I guess the top story around here, Mo, is that today it was announced that Nico Yamalieva will start in the Citrus Bowl. For the Tennessee Volunteers. Place this one firmly in the be careful what you wish for category. Well, as I said, it's not the first time we've seen this movie. Will it end similarly? For the sake of all involved offensively, I hope not. Would agree. 
Iowa's defense, not the defense you really want your true freshman to be making his starting debut. Now, now the difference in this situation and the one you referenced is this isn't Nico's first time on the field. It's his first start. Yeah. But he has seen some college playing time. Very little. Of this, but some, some. He has seen the field. <laughs> some. Yeah. I mean, which is more. Yeah, more than Destin Wade saw against uh, for Kentucky last year. And and the, the big the biggest difference is that Tennessee's offensive line is intact. They're playing. Whatever that's worth. And, well, I, I mean, I feel like it's – this is a good offensive line. It's certainly better than Kentucky's last year. Well, this offensive line is better than Kentucky's. This receiving core is probably better than Kentucky's. And we don't have anybody better than Barry and Brown. But well, – But whole, I mean, I thought – Yes, I group. Agree. Yeah, as a whole, I would probably agree. Baron Brown, All-American returner, by the way. He's good. Yeah, great. Actually, not good. He's he's great and and worthy of of said accolade. Mm-hmm. Now, Nico. Here's the thing: is this game is going to be very interesting for Tennessee because one. Your defense is depleted, and it wasn't great to start with. <laughs> but Iowa's offense is awful. Is depleted, and it wasn't very good to start with. So, well, you know, I make this joke all the time about how you and I could be successful X. at X. Right. This will give us an opportunity to know. <laughs> How bad Iowa's offense really well, is. And, and I think, I think, you know, if you're Tennessee, what the concern is here is that this is a strength-on-strength strength ball game, like you said. I mean, it's Tennessee's offense versus Iowa's defense mm-hmm. because no matter how good or how bad Tennessee's defense is, I don't know if Iowa can score. That's well, I mean, and that's the thing. Can they score? It's 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 strength on strength and weakness on weakness. But I don't know if Iowa can score. So if Tennessee can score more than they can be stopped, I think they're gonna be okay. Well, I think that's how you win football games well, most. But look, yeah, I know what you mean. No, I if they'll score more points, I hate those people. Well, yeah, gotta, I mean I, and, and I don't well, yeah, I, I don't score. I don't mean to necessarily no, State the obvious, but it just cracks me up my, when people say that. My concern is more with what Tennessee is able to do when they have the ball than when Tennessee does not have the ball. Tennessee, That's my concern. Tennessee has to not stop itself. You can't, you can't create, you can't be, turn the ball over. You can't do things like, you know, give Iowa short fields. In, in other thing, in other words. You can't do the things that a first-time starter at quarterback is prone at times to do, yeah, you especially against a really good defense. Yeah, you can't you can't throw two pick sixes. That's 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 number one. You can't let Iowa's defense score points. Okay, period. That is the number one thing you cannot do. Iowa's defense cannot score. And I, and with that, I, I don't mean just pick sixes and scooping scores. I mean, you Short can't, fields, you like can't you give said. them 35 and in 
on on you know short fields. You've got you got to, to give your defense. You got to make them walk the field. Force them to go 65, 70 yards mm -hmm. plus. Otherwise, you're in trouble. Because this defense, which I feel like the closer Iowa gets to the goal line, the better Tennessee's defense is going to be able to perform. Because the shorter field uh, allows the secondary to be a little less of an issue. Theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a theory. So it's a bold strategy, Kyle. <laughs> Let's see how it turns out. But I don't want to give them free field goals either, because I'm not sure that I'm not sure Tennessee can score. Especially with Jabari Small opting out. You've got well, Jalen Wright though still there. You've still got um, Dylan Sampson. Dylan Sampson. Sampson. Sampson excuse me. Uh, you you've got. You've got Nico who can who can run the ball. I, I don't think the running game is really a concern if you're a Tennessee fan, and and shouldn't be a concern at all at any point. I mean, they're just so good. It's you know, can Squirrel White and can this this Tennessee receiving core find ways to get open? That's it. Well, that's and, the key. And, and as you've seen so often with young and inexperienced quarterbacks, one of the good things for Tennessee, it might be that, you know, your tight end is your best friend. With Jacob Warren and Castles. I think Tennessee's tight ends are going to play a massive role because, you know, that's where I think, you know, Tennessee's – I think Tennessee is going to force Iowa to blitz a little bit. I don't think they're going to lose in the front uh, up front very often. So that's really – that's the key is forcing them to – if they're going to create pressure, they've got to bring five or six, allowing your tight end to be open in short fields on in, in bad matchups. Yeah. I, Tennessee spreads the field so well. And they're so much. They're going to be so much faster. That's, I think, the key. So much faster, and I mean like double fast than Iowa's defense. But you're you're not going to catch them out of position, though. You're not going to catch them out of position. They're, they're, I mean, they're you're going to have to beat them. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know that Jets. Are necessarily going to work yeah. in that kind of thing. Well, unless you just get the edge, and I think they can. But don't don't be trying to run double reverses. No, because because they don't they don't leave. They're not biting. Yeah. So. Yeah. The Iowa's defense is is as talented and as disciplined as a defense as, a, as their offense is in it. Yes, <laughs> it really is the weirdest thing, right? <laughs> Did you see Kirk Ferentz's comments about the next offensive coordinator needs to understand how Iowa wins football games? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> he basically said, you know, our next offensive coordinator will be someone who understands, you know, how we win football games, which is apparently with defense and inept offense. It's like, is, is, is he saying his son didn't? No, I think he. I think he's basically looking for Brian Ferentz Jr. 
Let's see how that works. Okay. Yes, we did see how that worked. And, and, but, and I understand the, the divisions, but mm -hmm. they did play for a Big Ten title. Yeah. So I, coming out of the West, though. Imagine, imagine how good they could be with a defense off, decent offensive coordinator. Iowa will be they're a in the West. They don't have to beat anybody. Well, they don't. They're not anymore. Oh, because there are no divisions. Right, but but you understand what I'm saying, though. Yeah. You know, I, I get that they they won 11 or won 10 games because they were playing really poor competition. That's not going to mm -hmm. be the case going forward. Well, I mean, they're still going to be playing besides Ohio State and Michigan. They're still going to be playing and Penn State, I guess. They're still going to be playing subpar conference competition. Let's see if I can find their schedule. Because I'm really what about curious. Northwestern beating Utah, by the way. How about that? Did not see that coming. So they play, No, you didn't. <laughs> they played Ohio State, Washington, which Washington is an iffy, mm -hmm. and that's it. Their schedule is Illinois State, Iowa State, Troy. That's a tough game. <laughs> At Minnesota at Ohio State, coming off of a bye week at least, Washington at home, at Michigan State, Northwestern at home, Wisconsin at home, at UCLA, at Maryland, and Nebraska. Hmm. If they have a decent offensive coordinator... There's eight wins there, maybe ten. Uh, absolutely. So, anyway, I'm just saying... Iowa is a really good football team defensively. If they have any type of offense whatsoever, period, at any point, they'll be dangerous in the Big Ten. Let's hope they're not dangerous Saturday. We'll find out. Let's take a break. When we come back, Teddy Cahill joins us. He's going to talk a little bit about the Pac-2 and their baseball situation. He's got a story on Baseball in America right now. So we'll be back in just a moment. Right after this, stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. 
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao. Mo Patton coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us as we are on our first day back from a Christmas vacation and enjoying it. It's, it's always fun to get a chance to just talk a little sports, and we're going to keep doing that with one of the topics we've been kind of uh, covering. I say kind of, we've been really kind of on this pack two thing from August on and uh, but now we're kind of getting to get into a side of it that's been little discussed I yeah. think, is you know the baseball aspect of it because Oregon State in particular is a national power baseball wise and so um, to help us navigate navigate that's a good word for it to help us navigate what happens next for the pack two is baseball america's teddy cahill teddy appreciate you taking some time with us this afternoon hello yeah absolutely it's uh it's december but it's never too early to talk college baseball well and uh, it's particularly never too early i was writing something unrelated earlier this week about um our local junior college columbia state and their schedule that their season opener is february 3rd so the junior colleges they don't they don't waste any time they don't they really don't so um so yeah it, it's closer than you realize but um you know the the issue for for oregon state and washington state isn't necessarily something that's going to be an issue for this upcoming season but it's certainly going to be an issue going forward what happens with the, the Beavers and the Cougars once everybody else leaves town? Yeah, like you said, this spring, not an issue. We still have Pac-12 baseball uh, as we've known it for more than a decade now. Uh, but then on July 1st, every you know, the other 10 teams go into their own uh, new conferences, leaving Oregon State and Washington State alone. And while there is resolution for literally every other sport that those two schools sponsor, we still don't have 
uh, resolution on baseball uh, for the, the the future, there are some options they're considering. Um, you know, they range from being independent to joining the WCC to potentially joining another conference. There's been some talk about the Big 12. They could look at another conference just for baseball alone. Uh, so there's a lot on the table there. The clock is ticking, though. They have about four weeks left to make this decision. Uh, they have to let the WCC know whether they're in or not. Uh, and I guess if they say no to the WCC, there still is time after that. But they at least have um, a, about four week, three or four weeks now to, to let the WCC know whether they're in or out uh, for 2025. We talked a little bit about, Teddy, Oregon State in particular had had been mentioned with independent behind them. And the only current Division One independent baseball program I could find is Hartford, which went and they're not even independent anymore because that was a they're on their way to Division Two. So I think this year they're actually a Division Two program. Not even like last year was kind of like half D one, but like not really. Uh, it, it's almost been it, it's been quite some time since there's been any serious program that tried independence. Dallas Baptist uh, joined a conference a little more than a decade ago and they were the last significant program and they're not like not to disparage what DBU is at all but Oregon State has three national titles you know in the last 20 years uh Dallas Baptist is is not that there there hasn't been a school of Oregon State's caliber being independent since Miami uh joined the Big East in all sports in 2004 that would be a heck of a challenge, especially being on the West Coast, I would think, wouldn't it? Yeah, the, the location definitely is a challenge here. The, the, there's a challenge period to it, uh, but the fact that we're talking about Corvallis and Pullman, Washington, uh, you know, these are two locations that are not in the middle of, of everything, you know, as it were. Uh, and so I do think that, that it has to be considered that it's hard once conference play gets going, uh, particularly once it start, once we get into April and May, you know, very early on, some conferences are kind of staggered into when conference play begins. But certainly once you're into April and May, uh, nobody is everyone's playing conference games. And there are a lot of conferences that have buys. You know, I know the SEC doesn't, but pretty much every other conference uh, you know, has a bye week in their conference schedule. And so it's really a matter of finding out who is on that bye and how can you get them to agree to play you. But then both Oregon State and Washington State have this added problem of, well, they have to try and convince teams to come all the way to them. And that's a lot of travel. It's a significant expense. And uh, Oregon State and Washington State have guarantee money to help those teams out, but it's still a lot of travel uh, to get to, to Corvallis or to Pullman. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for, and again, you know, you mentioned Miami, Dallas Baptist, those worked because, you know, there are enough schools nearby. And if you, have you ever seen the divide of of division one programs 
east of the Mississippi versus west. It is insane. I'm not seeing it, but I think I can imagine it. It is absurd. So that's going to be the biggest question. Now, that being said, how much of a, how much does the WCC offer? Yes, I mean, really, that's the question here. It's, you know, not so much about like, who can they schedule? How can they schedule? They can put a schedule together. The question is, is that schedule a better platform and like, let's just leave Washington State out of this for a minute because they haven't been to regionals since 2010. Um, mm-hmm. Their their ideals are different than Oregon State's ideals, but they have hitched themselves together. So like Washington State is just going to go along with whatever Oregon State decides for baseball, I believe. So Oregon State has to be looking at this like, what is the best way to us hosting and failing hosting, what is the best way to getting an at-large bid? Um, you know, if you play in the WCC, you have access to their automatic bid, and that is a significant thing because you can always fall back on trying to to win that in the conference tournament. Uh, the the alternate though is that no team from the WCC has hosted in more than a decade. Uh, they've had two hosts ever in the 21st century. Uh, and they've had two at-large teams in uh, in something like the last decade. Um, so you're you're looking at uh, like is that good enough? You put Oregon State and Washington State into the WCC, it becomes and you eliminate the Pac-12. It becomes a top ten conference in RPI, but you. I don't think it becomes a top six or seven conference, and that's where the vast majority of the hosts of the at-large teams come from. And so that that really is the the question here: is that do you Oregon State think that you can host out of the WCC? It can be done. Gonzaga was in the mix in both 2021 and 2022. It fell short. Nobody in the WCC has hosted since San Diego in 2007. So like you're trying to overcome a fair bit of of history here, but you'd also be in a bit of a bind as an independent. So, I mean, it really comes down to like, as an independent, they would have to find somewhere between 21 and 24 games that are typically Pac-12 games on their schedule and, and put them on their themselves. Is that, can they do that better than the games the WCC would guarantee them. That that is the the question that they're trying to answer right now. Teddy Cahill of Baseball America joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. And Terry, uh, Teddy, you you would be infinitely more familiar with the selection process and the bracketing process for the NCAA tournament than I am. But would they beat Oregon State? of the West Coast Conference, or would they be Oregon State once you get down to who's hosting? And I mean, would their conference affiliation necessarily be a hindrance for them once they get to that point? So the committee likes to say that they don't look at conferences, that they don't look at teams that way, that they look at teams, they don't look at who they're representing. And you can believe them at their word or not. The the issue here, though, is like, even if you if you say, like, I don't believe you, like you're looking at conferences like that's fine. But Oregon State 
is not your typical WCC program, right? Like everyone is aware of what Oregon State is and has been as a baseball program. So like, I don't really think that that matters no matter how you view uh, whether you think the committee is or isn't looking at conference representation. The bigger issue is that the metrics you can't massage. They are what they are. And so if the WCC, which last year ranked 18th in conference RPI, which means it was bottom half of Division I baseball conferences, uh, that ultimately is going to eventually drag your own RPI down. And, you know, that that is what is harder to overcome than are you the WCC or are you the Pac-12? Uh, and, and that that. Again, that's a problem no matter what they do right now, basically, uh, in terms of WCC or independence, that that is what they're what they're fighting against the, the most. But I do think that to a certain extent, like I don't really buy the idea that con the, the committee gets overwhelmed by brand power. But I do think that it's completely impossible to put that to one side. And I think what Oregon State has done by winning these three national titles in the last 20 years is build up uh, some amount of of margin for error and, and some amount of just like trust in the program uh, in the minds of everyone within college baseball on the selection committee and, and beyond. Do you feel like Teddy at this point that independent or West Coast Conference are ultimately the two options? You know, Oregon State still has hope that they can find a third door, and they're hoping that that door would be the Big 12. Um, I don't know how realistic it is, because while I can see why Oregon State would want that, it's hard for me to understand what the Big 12 is really getting out of it. Uh, the Big 12 or any conference, like we, we can use the Big 12 as an example here, but like this is really true for just about any conference other than the WCC, which has gotten into an agreement with Oregon State and Washington State and is getting their basketball teams, which is super significant here, especially on the women's side. Uh, but there are actual ways to monetize the basketball stuff. Over, if they sign a two-year agreement with any conference beyond the WCC for their baseball programs, that conference is getting a great program in Oregon State. And that program like may very well mean that your flag goes to Omaha. And like the Big 12 doesn't need Oregon State to take them to Omaha, but like they would get maybe another Omaha program out of it. Uh, but you also get a lot of added travel, a lot of added cost, and maybe Oregon State and Washington State can make it financially feasible, like they threw in money to the Mountain West when they uh, set up their scheduling arrangement with football. Maybe they do that for baseball. But I just, for most of these conferences, you're adding Oregon State and Washington State uh, without real means to recoup those costs or, or, or really capitalize on it for a short-term agreement, probably. I It just, it's hard for me to see what other conferences would be getting out of them short of being able to say like, hey, we just improved our baseball product. The problem is that improved baseball product isn't going to lead to better media rights deals or, you know, the in basketball, if your teams play well, you get more money from the NCAA. That doesn't exist in baseball. So you would get a better baseball product 
but baseball is really not at the top of most of these conferences priority lists. So it would take an outside the box move to add them by another conference. And maybe there is a conference out there looking to do that, looking to, to, to get their, their baseball brand pushed up by, by virtue of doing this. But I, uh, I, I struggle a little bit with that one. Uh, but I do know that there is some hope, uh, at least on the, the school's end, that they can find a way to make that make sense for a, a conference. Okay, so what I heard a little bit ago was that the WCC members probably don't care that Oregon State's going to come in and wipe the floor with them. I mean, because that's what, that's what it feels like. So the I think the WCC members are looking at it in a different way. Like they aren't looking at this like, oh, it's about baseball. You know, they're looking at it like, oh, we just added a good basketball program and maybe we can get NCAA units off of that. And maybe we can keep Gonzaga happy because the basketball product is going to be improved. I, like the WCC actually does care about baseball. Uh, but no, I, I don't think that they would look at it like, oh, look, Oregon State just showed up and that means we're all playing for second place now. Like, and that's a problem for us. Like, I think they have enough other things going for them that, you know, they would they would welcome it and also potentially look at it as like, well, if Oregon State's here, our RPI, like it, it's not going to help Oregon State's RPI, but it'll help our RPI if we play them. And so then, you know, maybe that helps push us. Uh, from bubble out to bubble in, uh, yeah. if you're if you're that kind of program. Yeah, if you're if you're on the edge there, and you know you you go win two out of three in Corvallis or something, and you know, and then finish second in the conference tournament. Next thing you know, you're you know you're you're pushing the the, the NCAA tournament as an at large, and that would certainly be great for the West Coast Conference overall. So I, yeah, I think it's it's a really just fascinating situation that we find ourselves Hugely. in here. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon State and Washington State are, are are trying to incentivize programs to schedule them by offering them cameras from the Pac-12 network. <laughs> it's like, here, we got a camera you guys can have. I mean, like, I don't know, but it's it's fascinating. It really is. And what I mean, obviously we have a 30-day, that 30-day window has already started and whatnot. When do you expect to know for sure? Is it, will it be on that 30th day? Um, you know, I don't know if they'll take it right to the end. I would guess. And, and here's the other thing I'll say, like, I, I have questions about how firm that, that actually is. That, like, if these sure. two schools come to the WCC and say, like, hey, can we get two more weeks? Like, I don't know why the WCC would say, like, actually, we need an answer right now. <laughs> uh, you know, like, we're talking about baby. Well, we're talking about like something that's happening a year from now. Like I, so I'll be, I'll be curious about that. I do think though that like the reason why that window is there clearly is because Oregon State and Washington State are trying to explore some things. Um, they signed that arrangement on Friday, which was like the 22nd, I guess. Like it's hard to imagine that anything has moved in the first like five days of that agreement. So uh, I, we're, we're I would expect it at the end of the 30 days, whether it comes on the 30th day or not. But I, I, I am not anticipating any news coming out in the first week of the new year. Gotcha. All right. Well, Teddy Cahill of Baseball America joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Teddy, thanks so much for taking time with us. We appreciate it. Uh, navigating this has been fun and weird and a lot of different things throughout the last six months. And it's not going to get any 
easier and or, any less weird or any less weird yeah. uh, over the next two years as Oregon State and Washington State obviously try to do whatever they're going to do, whether it's rebuild the pack, join the Mountain West or whatever. So I'm sure we will talk to you again soon about this topic and hopefully others. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Teddy. We'll take a break when we come back. Rapid fire reaction. Plenty of topics to get in as quickly as we can. So stick around. We'll be right back. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Time now for our Monstars, and we'll get to those right now. If anyone has any that they would like to throw out first and foremost, I will let you guys do that. 
Anybody? Bueller. Uh, Bueller. Justin, you got anything right off the top? And off the top. So if you got one, Mo, fire away. I am going to go back to last night's first responder bowl. Okay. Texas State safety Brian Holloway, six tackles, not one but two pick sixes in the Bobcats' 45-21 win over Rice. And what was really significant about that was he's an SMU transfer doing it in his final game in his former stadium. Yeah. How cool is that? Pretty dang. And then Nash Jones is uh, the, the thick six. The, the, that was so cool. That was designed. Yeah. 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 He, was, he was an eligible receiver on that play. Yeah. Good for him. Oh, man. Justin, do you have one yet? Because I've got one if you don't. You got to run it, run it, run it. Coop. Amari Cooper. Oh, jeez, what a What a uh, night he had. Dude, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a wide receiver have that kind of day in the NFL. It was absurd. So, um, getting off topic just a second, Joe Flacco has started to get some traction for comeback player. Yeah, hey, watch out. Yo. Understandably so, but. So is DeMar Hamlin. Well, DeMar Hamlin died. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, I mean. It's going to be really hard to beat that You guy. would think. <laughs> you would think it's tough to beat a guy that died and came back. You talking about the man that died? Died? <laughs> and he's not your comeback player of the year? I mean, I don't even know how this isn't unanimous. But, okay. You, Go ahead. I'll tell you what he is, though, Mo. He is my number one uh Monstar for the week, uh, Brock or not Brock? Um, he had a really bad game, but Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. I uh, um, did a little parlay action on the weekend, and one was like a crazy stat for Joe Flacco: three TDs and like 330 yards. He got five TDs and 457 yards. So it helped no. me out. And I love him. I mean, uh, he's a great player. (laughs) (laughs) My number two monster, and you referenced this earlier in the show, Chris, Ezra Mignon from Vanderbilt, 22 points, four assists as the Commodores push Memphis to the brink in a 77-75 loss. Uh, Didn't get to see it, unfortunately, but it's, it's just... I don't think anyone imagined that game would be that. So kudos to them. Vanderbilt's last hurrah? Yeah, it might be stacks. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Sticks carries for 31 yards. That's not very monstarish, huh? How many touchdowns? No, no. Oh. Six carries for 31 yards is what Freddie Brock of Georgia State had all season long before going for 276 on 24 carries for the Panthers in their bowl win. Nice. <laughs> oh, for Utah State. Yeah. He was fresh. <laughs> he had fresh legs. He was fresh. Yeah. Golly. There, there, was no, there was no film on him. Quadrupled his, his season carries in one game. <laughs> <laughs> and and his production as well. Huh? Oh my gosh, what a day for Freddie Brock, who promptly went into the field. <laughs> he didn't even get off the field good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right, Justin. I'm gonna go uh, with the front runner right now uh, for the MVP. 
Mr. Lamar Jackson. Um, I was absolutely curious who you were about to say. Yeah, I didn't know where it was going with that either. Okay, go ahead. Just the leapfrog over Brock was insane. I mean, just just clutch. He just clutch, and he is who we thought he was. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) Um, My number three monster. Um, I guess he's still playing at this moment, but in his last complete outing, went for 43 points to go over the 2,000-point mark for his career as a junior, and if he's Alden Slaughter. The Wildcats 11-0 going into today's matchup down at Richland against 4A Ravenwood, who I think might have also been undefeated, actually. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. Give me Kansas quarterback Jason Bean, who went for 449. No, no, not Jason Bean. It was those Kansas receivers. Did you see? Luke Grimm, four for 160 and three touchdowns. Lawrence Arnold, six for 132 and three touchdowns. Yeah, they they get all of it together. Oh, and they were mossing people left and right, man. Disgusting. Those guys. If they had been doing that all year long, Kansas would have been in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, they were legit. They they played out of their minds last night. And I don't know if it was UNLV or if it was them or what, but that was crazy. It was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my uh my next monster, it could be stars plural. Just anybody that's running up the middle towards Ryan Tannehill um is fantastic at their job. Well, yeah, because Aaron Brewer is terrible at his. Yeah, but, man, Ryan, just throw the ball. Get rid of it. Well, easier said than done. I mean, you got to have time. Very true. I love Tannehill. You know, I, I'm not, I have always been a ride-or-die Tannehill guy, but you could really see, I mean, just you can't fire that thing away. It's like uh, I, heard a, I heard somebody say, Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback unless you send anybody up the middle. <laughs> Well, the problem, his problem is that his arm strength isn't there anymore, so it's hard for him to fit into tight windows. He knows that, and he doesn't want to throw picks, and I get that too. Exactly. And so I, mean, I, I get it, but, you know, everybody is fawning over Will Levis's, you know, gunslinger mentality, no matter <laughs> right. how good or bad he, he is. So maybe just I'll, go out there and sling it, Ryan. May, maybe I'll rephrase. Anybody running up the middle – against the Titans. <laughs> any, anybody, any any defender that has that middle gap, uh, they are my monster. By the way, Ravenwood is undefeated. So that's a, that's a matchup of two undefeated teams. Oh. No, I don't have a result yet. We don't have a result yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go over some rapid fire topics real quick. Here we go. Sure. Number one, Dante Smith, Dante 2K puts Georgia Tech up for good with a 20, going up 27-17 in that bowl game and caps a heck of a Georgia Tech career. No doubt. And, um, you know, glad he went back, glad he had the season that he had going back and um, excited to see what happens next for the former Spring Hill star. Did anybody see South Alabama and what, Eastern what, Michigan? What popped that off? What an absolute melee, a brawl, oh, yeah. as USA was what was singing their alma mater or whatever they do after the uh, game. Eastern Michigan player comes over it. and just sucker punch, uh, sucker to punch to dude. Apparently, now this is something I read on Twitter. So take. <laughs> <laughs> 
apparently there was something said about that dude's friend who had died and during the game, like there was some, uh, or whatever. And then after the game, he decided to take it out on him. I don't know, but um, that's assault, brother. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was crazy. But uh, there was one South Alabama player who uh, number 26 or 29 or whoever it was uh, after, as it was happening at 26, 26 yeah. sees him coming and immediately grabs him and just, they start waylaying. I mean, absolute just brawl. If you haven't seen it, just, it just South yep. Alabama. Oh, there it is right there. Just an absolute. And then whoever it was that didn't have, uh, that doesn't have pads on that was immediately in that. So, so the season, 26. Yeah, but the, but the guy who doesn't have pads on, like, immediately was throwing haymakers. Right. <laughs> so that was insane. Uh, right there. You see him. Yeah. <laughs> He's going nuts. Going to work. Oh, man. And finally, how about Trooper Taylor and the Dukies? Tylenol. Taking home the full moon of Vulcan all the way back. <laughs> To Durham, North Carolina, where Duke wins the Birmingham Bowl over Troy, which is always a welcomed event when Troy loses. <laughs> so, but hey, you know it's kind of funny because Troy, you know, when Blakeney was a coach, they had they had billboards up that said anybody, anywhere, anytime, all the way between Troy and Auburn. <laughs> They just put up like 20 billboards. And obviously, Troopers had time at Auburn. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that, that Trooper was able to get that win. Of course, you know, everybody was good. That, that was a, a battle of ACC backups and SBC backups. And I think it was kind of clear that the ACC is going to have a little more depth, no matter what program it is. One would think. And Trooper Taylor certainly had a good time. Uh, enjoyed watching that one. Congrats to the Blue Devils. It's top of the hour, Mo. Mm -hmm. And that means it's time for Terry McCormick. We'll take a break. We'll come back, talk about the Titans right after this. Stick around. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Time now to talk with Terry McCormick. It is your Daily Titans Report. What's up, Terry? How you doing, guys? It is the Daily Titans Report, and powered, as always, by Zen Sports. As Mike Vrabel said yesterday, he said that he thought Will Levis would be able to practice some today, and he was out there during the open portion of practice. Not only was he out there, he was back at the front of the line taking reps. So even though he may be listed on as limited on the injury report when that comes out, the fact that he was at the front of the line and taking reps, I take that as a good sign that uh, he has a chance to play on Sunday. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, after what we saw from Ryan Tannehill, it, it almost seems like Will Levis has to play. If it's not going to be, if it's not going to be Malik Willis, and it's yeah, not going to be mean, Malik Willis, let's go ahead. Let's no. just get that out of the way. Huh? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of you know the whole Ryan Tannehill situation, I think that you saw out there Sunday. Not uh, some of it maybe can ex- be explained away by rustiness of having not played for several weeks, but. The lack of explosive plays. The Titans had one explosive play on Sunday, and that was his 23-yard scramble. So if you really want to look at it that way, you know, in terms of opening up the offense and getting chunk plays and things like that, Levis is really the only guy giving it to him, and it's mainly his connection with DeAndre Hopkins that's giving them those chunk plays because – they're not getting it. They didn't get it from Ryan Tannehill on Sunday, and they're not getting it from Derrick Henry, who only has four carries this year over 20 yards. Which last year he had 10. So I think some of that you can be can be placed on the offensive line, which has been musical chairs and not been very effective at all uh, at any point this season. But I also think that some of the decline of both Tannehill and Henry has to be on them and the fact that, uh, you know, they're getting older. Something to that. Age does. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you know, so. It is what it is, as they say. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's about where we're at at this point. Um, as this team gets ready for its second matchup in three weeks with Houston. Um, what do we know out of Houston? Is Stroud back? Do we know? Do we have any idea? It sounds like he's trending toward playing. He still was still in the concussion protocol as of today, but you're even though you're on track to come back and play, the fact that he's on the practice field and able to go through the work, they let you ramp up, and then you have to, you know, pass the test with the neurosurgeon by the end of the week in order to be able to play. So it certainly sounds like Stroud is on track to play. I kind of think a Stroud-Levis matchup for the very first time might be pretty fun and might be a preview to something that uh, uh, might be fun for, you know, the next several years if both those guys pan out like, uh, you know, like the team's hope. That's a couple of rookies going at it. Yeah. Yeah, and the Texans are certainly hoping that the the Titans play 
Ryan Tannehill, I'm sure, because obviously they they want they want the easiest path to continuing to win and the Jacksonville Jaguars being left out of the playoffs via Absolutely. Houston winning the AFC South, yeah. which would just be wild. But anyway, going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, Justin has a question here. Why doesn't um, Kenzie field kick returns but fields punt returns? What's the difference? Well, there are some guys that do both, but that's kind of becoming a rarity. Uh, there are not many guys. I think Billy White Shoes Johnson did both, didn't he, Mo? I believe so. I think if there was anything to be returned, Billy White Shoes Johnson returned it. <laughs> but uh, nowadays, it, it seems like it has become more of a specialized skill because uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, Tajay Spears had been the primary kickoff returner. Now, Chris Moore's doing that, and Brable was actually asked about that today, uh, talking about, uh, you know, why they took Tajay Spears off. And I think that uh, we all know the answer to that, even though he didn't really come out and say it. Is, uh, he's become too valuable as an option to put back there on kickoff returns. And then Kenzie is a solid punt returner, but, you know, that is a different skill set and a different chore than kickoff returns for, you know, as specialized as the NFL is because a kickoff is coming to you, you know, basically like a fly ball in baseball. You know, it, it may be end over end or whatever, but it's coming to you one direction. Uh, punts are a little different because you've got guys who can, you know, kick coffin corner kicks. You've got knuckleball punts. You've got all these different things that people try to do, and it takes a little different skill set than it does just to, you know, field a kickoff back there and then take off running straight ahead. Yeah, well, you would think if you could return punch, you could return kicks, but hey, who am I? What do yeah. I know? I don't know. <laughs> you, you would think that if it's more difficult to return punts, then that guy could probably return kicks, but hey. <laughs> yeah, it would seem that returning kicks <laughs> is the easier. least difficult So maybe, of that's, the two. maybe yeah. that's why you have guys who are more agile returners as kick returners maybe maybe kenzie is really good at judging and catching a punt but not so great at the actual return aspect of it yeah and i I think particularly in the titans situation a lot of times the catch is the most important all we're concerned (laughs) with just Just, catch it baby (laughs) al davis just catch it baby baby. that's it yes i think kyle phillips taught us that lesson Just to chime in, Terry, real quick about that thing. Do you think it might have something to do with, you know, like kick returns? You sort of have a like a 10, 15 yard running head start, and you're kind of running into a wall. And maybe that Mason Kinsey isn't big enough to let you know as, as far as like stature wise. Do you think that the size? That is possible. Although, you know, there've been many a punt returner mauled when they don't uh, call for a fair catch. Yeah, right. And then the other thing too is this: it's clear that the league is doing everything short of legislating the kickoff return out of the game because that's where a lot of collisions occur with guys lined up, you know, 20, 30 yards apart, getting a running head start toward each other. And, you know, now, you know, a fair catch puts you at the 25-yard line instead of the 20. And given how infrequent there are long kickoff returns anymore, most teams are just settling for the 25-yard line, putting the offense on the field. Yeah, probably the most likely scenario. Most likely scenario. Yeah. Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. 
Flash Sports Betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top-tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports Play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoolumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. What's up? Welcome back in. Time now for our weekly visit with Choose Chip and Chip Walters here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chip, what is going on? Welcome back to God's Time Zone. Oh, boy, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we started out in, uh, in, 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 and you're right, because, you know, the more I go to different time zones, the more I like Central Time. Uh, but we started out in the Pacific time zone, uh, got a little bit better in the mountain time zone and then got home, uh, on the 23rd, but, uh, taking a couple of days off men's basketball gets back to practice today. The women will probably haven't seen their itinerary. They will probably hit the road out to, uh, another time zone, uh, tomorrow. And I think is Phoenix in the Pacific time zone. They're in, a, they're in their own time zone. Arizona does not, uh, oh, that's does right. not go back, so their daylight savings time at all the time. So Phoenix, at this moment, it is 2.13. I can tell you that because I spoke to some people that live there in the last couple of days. Gotcha. Good deal. Well, that's where they're headed to uh, take on the antelopes of Grand Canyon uh, as they That'll finish up. Yep, as they finish up the uh, their portion of the Conference USA 
WAC Challenge. Uh, that'll be on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Middles Men, after a trip to St. Mary's in southern Utah, uh, they head to Murray State on Saturday for uh, their penultimate uh, non-conference matchup of the year. Uh, the final that, one will be that means, next, that means next to last, y'all. That is correct. I was trying to trying to raise the bar here for the audience today. <laughs> Don't and, challenge our audience too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, so yeah, going to Murray on Saturday. Hope the roads aren't slick because uh, I've seen uh, I just saw something. One of the local forecasters said. Expect some snow showers on Friday, but uh, the plateau would be where there might be a, a smidge of accumulation. Well, that's about normal. That's, that's about right. That's, that's yeah. correct. It is what it is. Chip, going back to our time as students at Middle Tennessee State and soon thereafter, do you agree that Murray gave up one of the better home court advantages possibly in the country? No question. Racer Arena to CFSB Center? The bank, as they like to call it. Uh, you know, they went from one of the most charactered arenas in the country to a very antiseptic uh building there which is really nice and they've still continued to have a a lot of success uh at, at that arena uh this year steve prom's team has had uh, a little bit of the same uh luck that nick mcdevitt's team has had they've lost a, a starter or two to injury and uh, they have had some struggles got beat at home by 25 the other day by smu which that you know that 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 used to never happen uh, with anybody that came in into Murray, but you know, this, this day and time, if you, you know, your, your lineup is a, is a bit fragile, but to your point, uh, I mean, I've gone to Murray state that number one, they had the crowd was right on top of you at racer mm -hmm. arena. The second thing is they had the tightest dadgum rims in America. I mean, it didn't matter where a jump shot came from, but the rebound went out to where the three-point line was, and it helped that you had people like uh, Glenn Green, Don Mann. Uh, you know, you just keep going down the list back uh, back in those days. But uh, they actually played a regular season game in there uh, this year. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, I think it was a real game, not an exhibition, but – but uh, no, but they did play a game at, at Racer Arena this year and and uh, very well received and they sold it out I think people obviously wanted to flock back there but uh, the uh, the one thing about the trip to Murray that has gotten a little bit better is that uh, the new bridge over Kentucky Lake uh, is not quite as scary as the old bridge over Kentucky Lake. <laughs> it seems they play Brescia. And I think it was a um, an exhibition at Racer Arena on November. And, yeah, they. Uh, if I'm correct, you're, you're. I think you're right in that Mur uh, Murray had one scrimmage and one exhibition. Middles men decided to have. They've gone since Coach McDevitt's been there. They've played two 
uh, private scrimmages. The women mm -hmm. in, on the flip side feel like they gain more by playing regular exhibition games. So, you know, it, it all depends on, on uh, what the, the coach prefers, that kind of thing. But I think you're a hundred percent right that the Brescia game was, uh, was indeed an exhibition. Yeah. Chip, uh, you know, you, you reference injuries. I don't want to be unforgiving or, or insensitive or anything like that, but does that continue to be a factor? Does that continue to be an issue, an excuse off season? Or at what point I, you do know, you say, we, we got who we got and we got to get something done? No, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And you're right. Uh, the, the, to be honest, I did not think that losing Cam Weston, uh, would, uh, hurt as much as it ended up hurting. And, you know, just talking to the coaching staff and it's just one of those things. I mean, they went, they've gone back and tried to retool to where they're doing things offensively that, uh, where th more things come out of offense instead of having to create, because there's no question Cam was as good a creator as there was. Uh, two things uh, that finding somebody who can uh, manufacture a basket when needed uh, would be a big help. Also uh, taking care of the basketball and, and, uh, there, there's been uh, a, a little rash of giving up offensive rebounds instead, and in particular out at, uh, out at St. Mary's, uh, middle's first shot defense was actually pretty good, uh, against St. Mary's, but the Gales ended up getting, uh, what I think 18 offensive rebounds, something like that. But, uh, the thing I did not realize about that team was just how how big they actually are. They're huge and are starting to play really well right now. And, uh, but, uh, still you, you, have got to do, you've got to be better than that when you, uh, go on the road and you cannot, uh, allow a team to, 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 you can't allow yourself to get pushed around to where that many offensive rebounds stayed with the home team. Uh, so, uh, the, where you're seeing some help in that sense is that, uh, Chris Loof uh, picked up his third straight uh, freshman of the week honor in Conference USA, and and he is uh, he's making huge strides uh, along the way. Uh, you just but everybody else has got to do the same, and uh, and I think there was a some frustration on that. They return back to the practice floor, the men do tonight, and we'll have a practice tonight, tomorrow, and then uh, leave on Friday. Uh, probably after a practice here, go to Murray and then uh, play the game on Saturday afternoon. Loof has definitely been a bright spot, like you said, earning his third Conference USA Player of the Freshman of the Week yeah. honor this week. Um, what what do we got with him at this point? Well, you've got a guy who uh, who he is kind of growing into his body. Uh, he, he was, uh, you know, he's a freshman in college, but, but, uh, kind of a red shirt freshman from a, from a body standpoint, because he did go to a prep school last year. 
he uh he is a he's six foot eleven uh a little over two about two ten two fifteen and can really run uh for a guy his size uh he's got great timing he's he's uh, his shot blocking ability is there the finesse part of the game you know being able to to finish uh in the post with a hook you know that kind of thing the touch the touch part of that uh he's learning that you don't have to dribble the basketball every time you get it you know he he's able to one time it up and and use his quicks to his ability but uh, uh you've got a guy who is athletic uh pretty basketball savvy and also uh he, he got a little bit of a mean streak in him which that's a good thing and and uh and I think that'll serve him well but uh he's really fun. it's really fun to watch him uh, developed. There was a sequence in the Southern Utah game the other night, and and it was it it had to be his best sequence of the year. On on on, it starts on the defensive end. He blocks the shot off the backboard, gets the rebound, throws it out, outruns the guard, gets the pass back for a driving layup and a foul. So just I mean that that kind of tells you what his where his abilities lie when they are able to play fast. He uh, he's a guy that can do that. And, and and he has the ability to step out and and uh pick and pop and and uh and he's hit a couple of threes already this year. So uh he he uh he kind of ca- can cause some problems and you're seeing more and more minutes for him every night out especially as long as uh, Josh Ogundelli is, is out. Chip Walters, the Burv, the Blue Raider voice. Joining us here on Main Street Sports today, Chip. Uh, Derek Mason had a lot of great things to say about this signing class last week, and obviously signing. I thought, you were, going to say, I thought you were going to say he had a lot of great things to say about me, but go ahead. Well, he, he may have. I, I I didn't hear any though. Uh, but but you know, signed twenty five guys already, but in in years past, they have to be done. Luckily for them, they don't have to be done. I don't think he is done, but uh, what's the the mood around that program and, and you know the, the 25 guys they did sign? Well, you know, uh, they're obviously he uh, he uh, he he listened uh, to I'm sure what was told of him and what expectations were and what wants were uh, when it comes to you know, and this kind of goes back to a couple of weeks ago where, you know, first week he's there, he's in the, uh, you know, he's in the Christmas parade, he's shaking hands and kissing babies and, and doing all that. They made the blitz out and made it very public what they were doing recruiting wise, went to 59 high schools in one day, the the the, the full staff did. And then it comes to signing day and there's uh, at least five, if not uh, six uh, mid-state uh, players on the on the list, and they made a big deal about that, including the two from Pearl Cone, uh, the quarterback from Lipscomb, uh, the defensive back from Brentwood, and uh, and and the, I think you've got you've got a running back from Oakland. Uh, and when I talked to him, I did I'd asked the question during his signing day press conference. I said, "Where does you know tell me rule wise what does this allow you to do now?" and 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 he kind of went into that a little bit, and and he uh, he said I'm not going to give you a, a an exact number because 
that could change a little bit. He goes, but I'll give you an ish number. He said right now in the spring period in February, he said, I'm thinking 10 ish signees. And that, that comes because there could be, you know, another one or two that jump into the uh, portal. There could be a couple who were in there that might jump out and come back. So, uh, and, and, and I thought that was, you know, pretty open on his part. Uh, but, uh, I, I think he, uh, he, I think he wants this class and, and how they put it together, uh, to, to be, as he said, he, he it's kind of a blueprint on what they want to do. And I think what he's talking about there, not only, uh, being able to be hyper local in some cases, but also, uh, when it looks to the balance of how you put it together between, high school kids, JUCOs, transfer portal guys, that kind of thing. So uh look like they got a couple of good receivers out of the portal. We'll see how all that how how, how all that plays out a little bit more uh once uh, spring ball gets started. And I think there'll be some uh you know a little uh, added interest because uh you know you're gonna need to buy a program this year, uh, I think. So and uh you know bring in Luther at uh, quarterback's gonna make that room uh good and competitive and and he addressed that and said he he thought that the the quarterback room needs to be the most competitive room uh, that you have and so uh, i think there's you know he's saying the right things and and uh, looks like things are are going going pretty well right now his hires look really good uh still don't know for sure how the rest of the staff is going to play out you hear whispers here and there about uh some that might have the opportunity to stay and uh obviously the number one thing on on everyone's uh, wish list right now is uh which direction is he going to go with an offensive coordinator especially since he has already hired uh, a wide receiver coach and uh and an offensive line coach uh so that'll be interesting to see how how the rest of that staff plays out and I think you'll know a good bit more on that uh whether it's by the end of this week or I think uh, it'll get way on down the road for sure by the end of next week. There you go. Chip Walters joining us here on Main Street Sports today, as he does each week, whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever other day it may happen to fall on. And Chip, we greatly appreciate your flexibility and your willingness to hop on with us. And (laughs) and of course, telling folks about the, the Blue Raiders and what's going on at Middle Tennessee State. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, it's been a, it's always fun to, to catch up with you guys and uh, and uh, tell some stories, some that might actually be true, some others <laughs> that uh, might actually not be. But uh, it's been a fun uh, 2023, and and I know you guys have a couple of more shows before the end of the year, but I want to wish you all a very safe New Year's weekend, including Justin, and, uh, and uh, we'll look forward to getting at it uh, on next week sometime. Sounds good, Chip. We appreciate it. We'll man. see you next year, Chip. Oh. I got you right there on that. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. We'll talk to you. All right. We're going to take a break. We've got some football games to pick. Uh, I did pretty good. Not terrible. Did pretty good. Really hoping that something happens in the next uh, quarter and five minutes to, to help that record. But when we get back, we're talking bowls. So stick around.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Ah, welcome back in Main Street Sports Day. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Time now for some picks. Mo, do we have any results? Let's see. Since our last picks, Chris, you were speaking of a good performance. You were 7-4 and four with one game still outstanding, that being the military bowl between Virginia Tech and Tulane, which Virginia Tech leads by 10 at this moment. So it's crazy because Saturday I lost the first game and the last game and won every game in between. There you go. <laughs> and then the same thing on yesterday. First game I lost, the second game or the next two I won, and the last game I lost. It's like what the crap? I can't get the first or the last game right. So things yeah. aren't looking great for the two lane game. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. But you are seven and four again with the two lane game still outstanding. Justin and I, meanwhile, are eight and three. Let's go. With the two lane game still to go. Okay. Who do we have? We all took two lane. Okay. So, oof. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I had a feeling last week that we all, we all sort of similar, uh, which is, I think, rare for what we do. We, we all kind of picked the same teams last, last week. We had, some, we had some games where we were all 
in some solidarity, I guess. Um, you oh, wait a minute. Good. Wait a minute. I'm I'm mis I miscalculated. Oh no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Justin, Justin, in fact, was seven and four as well, as well because he had. So rise. you have you have extended your lead to two games. Uh, that sounds about right. Because you were one up going mm -hmm. into. Right. Can we get a booth review for that? <laughs> uh, we can apparently. Um, <laughs> and, if we, and if we all took two lane, then it doesn't matter. You're still going to be two up yeah. going into uh, the Duke's May the Duke's Mayo Bowl. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. Which okay features West Virginia and North Carolina. Which of these directional schools will douse their coach with mayonnaise post game? Who is it in West West Virginia and North Carolina? And who is is West Virginia favored? They are in fact favored by three and one half points. Is this the first game? This is at 4.30 today on ESPN. So when we get off the air, get It'll home, be on. Get home and start watching. Yeah. So, okay, see, we're, we're picking this one, right? We are indeed. I got you. So who you got? Um, what was the line again? Three and, Three and a half. half to West Virginia. Let's go uh, West Virginia, take me home, my Mountain Mama. Yeah, the line has moved to five and a half in favor of West Virginia. It has. It'd be crazy if it went the other way. Yeah, I'm going to take North Carolina here. I am inclined to take North Carolina as well, and I'm not real sure why. <laughs> My thought is I'm not sure why, but I just feel like West Virginia lucked into a lot of wins this year. But North Carolina got beat by a bunch of teams that shouldn't have got beat by. So there's that. I mean, North Carolina was the preseason favorite to make the ACC championship game. I still think mm -hmm. I have more faith in Mac Brown than I do than in Neil Brown. Neil Brown. Yeah, yes. Mac so. or Neil. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's the thing for me. There's so, also um, something to uh, not knowing really uh, why you picked a team and just going on your gut. That seems to yeah. work out better than I, me yeah. doing the analyst type thing yeah yeah because my when i start analyzing that's when i yeah. start getting out over my skis so mm -hmm. yeah i'm just exactly. i'm gonna just go with the tar heels they got better colors they do have better <laughs> colors no question. Yeah. although i do like the navy blue and yellow that, that is a good color combo it, as long as that yellow is in moderation that's true it's got to accent the blue it, i don't know i like their yellow uniforms with the navy numbers the mustard yeah i love it i don't i tell I you what it. i wouldn't mind the yellow jerseys with blue britches, mm. but I don't want the all no, yellow. No, all yellow right. is not great. No, I is like it, the blue the blue with the mm -hmm. pants. Yeah. Yes. Is yes. it the Rams that have the yellow, the mustard yes. ones? Yes. Yeah, those are terrible. <laughs> yeah, good. That's too much. But it's yeah. because the, the blue doesn't doesn't contrast it enough. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why. Holiday Bowl. Southern Cal, 15th ranked Louisville. This is interesting. Southern Cal out west, the dog to Louisville. Six and a half points the line here. It's on Fox tonight, by the way, at seven o'clock. Has that line moved by chance? Uh, that's a good question. Let me see. The line has moved. No, has not. Six and a half remains the line. Huh. I like the Cardinals here. You know what, Justin? I do too. Yeah. I like I feel like USC is just kind of ready for this year to be over with. 
Yeah, you know Caleb Williams is. Yeah. And Louisville is on a two-game losing streak. They don't feel good. But, and, but, but Jeff Brom ain't going to go over. He's here's, not going to roll over. And here's the thing. USC's defense is the cure for what ails you on offense. So give me the Cardinals as well. Eight o'clock on ESPN. Pokes, Aggies, SEC, Big 12. This is an interesting one here. What is this? Texas, the Texas Bowl. Texas. The Tax Act Texas Bowl. Got to love some bowl. And who are the teams again? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is in the Texas Bowl, huh? Oklahoma State. They, have, they love that. A&M is a four-and-a-half-point favorite per what we are picking. Hmm. ESPN bet currently has Oklahoma State a three and a half point favorite. So it's flipped seven points, eight points. Oh, that's kind of that's insane. I feel like it really is. It it, it really is. Like now, you got to remember, you got to remember the lines that we're picking were set before bowl season started. So um, opt outs may not have been a factor in this. I see. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're playing in Houston at NRG, and I, so the, well, we're picking Oklahoma or uh, Texas A&M are the dogs, right? Texas no, A&M Texas A&M, A&M is the favorite by four oh, and a half. But it's flipped to now currently Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Ah. Mm-hmm. But it's in a dome. If that helps you, makes you feel any better. I, I like Texas A&M for show, just because of the – yeah, let's do that. I, 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 the coaching situation, that's the what, offense situation. The, the coaching situation, and, and A&M has had some opt-outs, I think. Uh, I, it pains me to pick a Mike Gundy coach team, but I am going to do it. I got to go with you, man. I don't want to. But the opt outs scare me, guys. I don't know what uh, <laughs> I don't know that Texas AM can stop Ollie Gordon. I don't know that AM can stop. If you're transferring if you're if, plus Ollie Gordon. If you declare for the portal, do you play their bowl game? You, you can. You can. Rarely do you. <laughs> typically why would you, you right? Yeah. yeah. Well, typically why would your coach let you? Because they're trying to get players that are going to be on their team next year reps. Yeah. And your teammates are probably like, we're not going to like yeah. be as high with you. As- yeah, it, it kind of be some longest yard flashbacks. And, oh, okay, <laughs> let him in. Yeah. You're not going to block for me? Look out block. Exactly. Thursday at 10 a.m., you know, in case you got nothing better to do, it's the Fenway Bowl, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Boston College at home, basically. Hmm. Uh, taking on – Basically. Well, I mean, it's at Fenway. They're not playing it like their home stadium, like South Alabama did. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's not all the way home. It's just essentially home. Yeah. <laughs> SMU comes into this one a nine and a half point favorite. SMU's a nine and a half point favorite. Oh, Boston no. College. I don't know it's why. Many- what makes you think that? Why not? 
Yeah, they've been winning, man, like a lot. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, I think Boston College is going to be really pissed about this is the bowl trip for us. Yeah. <laughs> like, you couldn't give us something warm? We got to go yeah. play at Fenway? We got to go across town. Yeah. Yeah. You might get complimentary, complimentary wasabi, though, out of it. I'm taking Boston College. Ooh. SMU's going, got things to prove, Mo. They're yeah, headed to the ACC. Sure. They want to. They want to prove. They, they want to announce their presence with authority. They right? want to prove they belong, and they feel like they need to win this game by two touchdowns in order to do that. Because hey, if you can't beat Boston College by two touchdowns, who can you, you, really, be who can you beat in the ACC? So mm -hmm. I'm going to SMU here. I think. I think they have a lot more to play for than Boston College. Boston College may be pissed off, but I don't think they're going to be motivated. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I'm gonna go with SMU as well. Eight no. This is the stupid bowl game. Why don't I, why don't I even want to play here? I don't even want to play the stupid game. Stupid game. Stupid, <laughs> stupid field. Fourth and fourth and two for Tulane, and they kick the field goal to make it 27-20. If they lose by seven instead of going for it and making it a three point, uh, a, yeah, three point game, I'm gonna be. How mad. much time? Uh, that was the end of the first. They, they still yeah, called fourth quarter. Okay. But still, I'm gonna be so mad. No score again. Uh, uh, it's okay. It'll be okay. All right. That is That's four. Four. I think we've got 11 to pick. But anyway, 115 tomorrow. This is an interesting game, y'all. Miami and Rutgers huh? in the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. So from New Jersey to New York, <laughs> go to the Scarlet Knights. Not a very long journey. No. Miami, a four-and-a-half point favorite. Here's that four-and-a-half line again. Miami by four-and-a-half. They're at the uh, Yankee Stadium, huh? Um, I have picked the coach or the team that is coached by one person that I really – You can't do it twice? Coaching. Yeah. I, I, I cannot take Shiano and the Scarlet Knights, and, and I – how are they even in a bowl? What's their record? Six, six and six. six. Yeah. But you got to think. I mean, three of those losses are Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. <laughs> okay. You got and then they you got a great record on the curve. They lost. They lost at Wisconsin and at Iowa, and then their other loss was Maryland. Twenty-two. Nothing. That's five of their six losses are not bad losses. Yeah. Well. Yeah. This one won't be a bad loss either, but it's going to be a loss. I'm taking the hurricane. <laughs> Me too. What's the line again? Four and, Four and a half. half. In favor of Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers. I don't want to pick Shiano. Trust me, I do not. But I just, I, I got a feeling that Rutgers is, I don't know. Mm. We'll see. All right. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go. Miami's going to be so much yeah. faster than them, though. So much faster. So I feel much. like we did. Is it me or me and you, Mo, that we bet on Rutgers last week or last time and we got screwed there? I yeah. don't. I cannot imagine picking Rutgers for much of anything. But I mean, <laughs> gotcha. You know, I'm 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 going with Miami. They're going to be so much faster. Ah, uh, you just talked yourself out I did. of it. I did. I did. Oh God, they're going to be so much faster. <laughs> Rutgers is going to be trying to play the keep away game, but it's not going to matter because they're never going to score. Miami's good. Yeah, it's Miami. Golly. Wow. All right. That's five. That is. We five. have five more. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More picks right after this. Stick around.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, live from the Lee Company Studios. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here. Justin Kulik on the controls, and we are coming to you live from Columbia. We've got five more games to pick. Let's pick them. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Man, what a day. What a day. All right, let's go. The 445 kickoff in... What may be the coolest trophy in bowl season, the Pop-Tarts Bowl. If it were an actual toaster, a working toaster. It would be toaster. even better. Oh, yeah. 
but it's still pretty cool that you can put pop tarts. You can actually put pop tarts in it. Yeah. Bowl trophy. It's Kansas State and North Carolina State. 25th ranked Wildcats are four and a half point favorites over the 18th ranked Wolfpack. How y'all? How much? Four and a half? Four and a half. I told you it's four and a half. There's that line again. Popular line. Mm -hmm. You know, after watching what Kansas did to UNLV last night, I don't know if it means anything or not, but I, I don't like K-State. Man, I don't know why. For me, it's always hard to bet against NC, uh, yeah, NC State. Mm -hmm. It's hard nose, man. I like them. I'm going to go with them. You go with the Wolf Pack? Yes, sir. The line has moved to two and a half in favor of Kansas State. It could be a tale of two halves as quarterback Avery Johnson makes his debut as quarterback for the Kansas State Wildcats. Avery Johnson. Yeah. And not to be confused with former Alabama coach Avery Johnson. I did see also NC State star Wilson to skip bowl prep for drafts. So that's yeah. cool. Peyton Wilson, the, the, the All-American linebacker, will, will not be playing. And here's the thing. North Carolina State, 11th in total offense in the conference. 11th in the conference? In the conference. Of, not in the country. Of 13 teams. In the conference. <laughs> That's right. 11th in the conference. Mm, they're all not very good. I feel a little better. So I'm going to go Kansas State here. <laughs> but they beat Miami 20 to 6. I mean, I guess that's not crazy good. but Well, again, that's, this is what I'm saying is their defense has been so good, but now they don't have their best defensive player. So uh, yeah. here we go. 8.15 on ESPN tomorrow night. Oklahoma, Arizona. Oh, it's the three dog night bowl. This is amazing. <laughs> what? This is my favorite bowl game. Okay, so there's a song called Never Been to Spain. Uh -huh. And the, the chorus is basically uh, in Oklahoma or Arizona, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so this is amazing. I'm. This may I'm definitely watching this game. Anyway, Oklahoma <laughs> is the 12th ranked Sooners. They are dogs in this one to the Wildcats. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. one and a half points though. It's basically How a pick 'em. Who's going to win? One and a half. Yeah, oh, this is a pick 'em in the Alamo Bowl. So, Does that change at all? That line? Uh, that's uh, don't know. Let me go look. Sorry, I know that's relevant kind of. No, it's it's really not. Hard. It's fine. Three points now. It has doubled in favor of the Wildcats. I think Oklahoma's had some opt-outs that might have impacted that. Well, I'm sure Dylan Gabriel's not playing. I'm sure Dylan Gabriel's <laughs> not now playing. a member of a different school in Oregon. I, I'm also I'm relatively sure that um, former Ravenwood standout Reggie Grimes Jr. is not playing either. Mm. So. Is he in the portal or is he, he is in the portal? Okay, did not. Well, to my knowledge, he's in the portal. I don't think he's come out yet. Well, Nick Anderson's playing, and Jackson Arnold's probably going to be looking for him. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to go next man up. Give me the Sooners. Mm -hmm. Okay. Listen, Arizona lost to Mississippi State, but they made a quarterback change. After that, and took off. Uh, yeah, 
They've been really good since. Mm-hmm. But I still think Oklahoma wins the game. And since this is a pick, I'm going to go with the Sooners. You're going Oklahoma as well. Ah, man, I'm so excited about this game now. I am <laughs> interested to see what Oklahoma does at quarterback without Dylan Gabriel. I told you, Jackson, whatever I just said, oh. whatever his name was, making his first start. Mm. We've, we've seen first starts. Jackson Arnold. The name sounds super familiar out of Denton, Texas. I think he played some this year. I know a Jackson Arnold I went to high school with. He was five of nine for 33 yards against BYU. Um, um, 11 for 11 against Arkansas State for a, t- a touchdown. Of course, they won 73 to nothing. Against Arkansas State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm going with Arizona. All right. Here we go. The Gator Bowl. Kentucky Clemson. Ooh. 11 o'clock on Friday. Exactly. Exactly. Man, this oh, I can't wait to hear the line on this. Seven and a half points in favor of Clemson. Oh, yeah. Man. Give me the yeah. Wildcats. Clemson minus seven and a half versus Kentucky. The line has moved significantly toward Kentucky. It's now four (laughs) points. Really? (laughs) It's gone from seven and a half to four. I probably saw Dabo's uh, TikTok videos. You know, tell them what they saw. Goodness gracious. Um, I am truly between a rock and a hard place on this one because I. Don't think Devin Leary is great. Well, you'd be right. But I I don't think. Can Clemson score enough to cover seven and a half? I don't think so. I think Kentucky's defense is better than you want to give them credit for, than anybody wants to give them credit for. Kentucky's offense is good enough to score on Clemson's defense. A lot of teams were. (laughs) Did you did you pick? Have you picked? I'm taking Kentucky. You're taking Kentucky. Yeah, I think I am as well. Like I said, I'm just not sure if Clemson can score eight points more. Yeah, is it seven and a half? You said the line. Seven and a half. Yes. Yeah, definitely Kentucky. You're going Kentucky as well. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Friday at 1 o'clock, CBS, this ought to be interesting, (laughs) Oregon State, 10.5-point dogs to 16th-ranked Notre Dame in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Tell you what, it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Will Sam Hartman play, do we know? Has Sam Hartman opted out of this? I know that DJU... Most likely has since he's, you know. Has he landed? I don't think so. Oof, this is a tough one. I just don't, again, 10 and a half is a lot of points. Man. It is. I'm going with Oregon State. I am too. Give I am too. Beavers. Beavers. <laughs> 
You better be vele be le- no, that's not be le- <laughs> evil leave it. <laughs> be believe it. All right. Two thirty. Is on, this the last one? Two thirty on ESPN. It is the Auto Zone Lizardy Bowl. <laughs> and it's the Memphis Tigers, the Iowa State Cyclones. Six and a half points in favor of Iowa State. Man, who'd have thought Iowa State was going to be seven and five before the season started? Losing nobody. their quarterback. I mean, we had this conversation before the season, and then nobody thought Iowa State was going to be anywhere near seven wins. Mm-mm. I don't think anybody thought they could win five games. Six and the, a half. Is that what you said? Uh, yes, six and a half. The job done by this coaching staff. What what's the dude's name? Matt, Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. You got to be impressed, man. I mean, this team lost to Ohio. Not Ohio State. Ohio. Ohio, the Bobcats. They lost their their they lost by seven, by three. Oklahoma drilled them fifty to twenty. By seven and by ten. They lost four of their five games by ten Close. points or Close. fewer. Yeah, see the yeah. And those losses are Texas, Kansas, Iowa, and Ohio. Why did BYU slack them so hard, though? <laughs> this is wild. I don't know. I, I feel like Memphis is going to win the game or is going to cover the six and a half. I think Memphis is better than people think they are. Yeah, me too. And they're at home. Is that a positive or a negative? I think it's positive. You're going to take Memphis? Man, I don't know. Dustin? Iowa seems like the like like you said. I think, you know, I don't think the Cyclones. Who's in favor of again? Uh, Iowa State is a six and a half point favorite. Oh, they are okay. Yeah, then I'll go. I'll go Memphis because I was gonna say if they were underdogs, then I I would definitely pick Iowa State. But yeah, let's go Memphis because I think Memphis. Oh. I just don't know how by much. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with Memphis, but I really. Yeah, I don't know about this in one. In it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna change mine. I know that's ridiculous. I'm changing oh. Iowa State. I'm Iowa, Iowa State. State. That's fine. They're gritty, right. man. There you go. That's it. Those are our ten picks for uh, this week. We'll be back on Friday with more picks, starting with the Cotton Bowl Classic. So come back, join us tomorrow. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We've got Coach Justin Palmer at Forest, as well as Joe Sullivan talking local college basketball. So we'll see you at two o'clock on Main Street Sports today. Have a great one. We'll